Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, folks, we've been going through the Gospel of Matthew and we've been looking at the life of the great king of Jesus. And we've come to the place in chapter 5 where he is basically giving what is probably a, a significant portion of teaching and what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And really, I'll be honest with you, when you look at the message of Jesus, it's really a message of grace. Because you start off with the Beatitudes and the, and the issue of blessed is this, and blessed are you, and, and all of that is, is the reality is God is telling us that his kingdom is open to people who are desperately seeking him. And he says right after that, that you are a light, you are salt, let your life reflect that. So he comes now to where he talks about that our, if you, in fact, look with me, just go back. We're going to be looking at verse 27, but I want you to see verse 20. It all comes out of verse 20, where Jesus says, for I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, what's he talking about there, George? Well, remember, the scribes and the Pharisees, they were into outward actions. They were like perfect people, doing all the right stuff, doing keeping the law. And Jesus comes along and says, hey, unless your righteousness exceeds their outward stuff, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so the listeners there who are common people, remember I told you they were the folks who basically were looked down by the Pharisees as sinners, are sitting there sitting there thinking, well, how can we do it then? Well, Jesus launches into about six or seven statements that tells us that it's really not about actions, it's about your heart. Last week we looked at the whole issue of anger. This week he's going to look at the issue of lust. Lust. I think we can all relate to that, right? Because we live in a society, a, a culture today that, let's just be flat out honest with us, is, is basically sexualized. Wouldn't you say that? So how do we exist in that? Well, I want to, let's look first at the passage and then we're going to take the passage and try to give us some understanding of what Jesus is trying to tell us we need to do here. Look with me at verse 27. Remember, he starts off all of these statements with, you have heard. What's he meaning there? Well, it's reflecting of what the Pharisees were teaching. So look at what he says here. Verse 27. You have heard that it is said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you then one of your members perish, then for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Wow. First part of that, George, I got. But that cutting off stuff and plucking out, man, what's he talking about there? He's really talking about the same issue, folks. He's talking about a heart issue, and it's concerning the issue of lust. So let's look at it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take these few verses here, these four verses, 
And we're going to look at, first of all, the self-deception that we live in. We're going to look then at the reality. Jesus exposes to us the reality. And then we're going to talk about radical action. Radical action. Because when you look at what Jesus is calling us to do here, it's it's pretty radical, isn't it? What does he mean there? So we're going to talk about that. So let's look at... Look at the the self-deception. Look at self-deception. Verse 27, he says, You have heard that it said of old that you shall not commit adultery. I just want to point out a couple things here. First of all, we've become desensitized to the effects of a sensual culture. We've become desensitized to the effects of a sensual culture. First of all, let me just I just want everybody to understand. Do you realize that we live in a sensual culture? Do you realize that? If you don't realize that, you need to wake up to that. Because it's all around you. Everywhere. What do you mean everywhere, George? It's on the radio. It's on the billboards. Do you, don't you understand what I'm saying? It's in, it's in the, it's where you go to shop. It's in the books you read. It's in the movies you see. We live in a sensual culture. Where, let's just to be honest with you, sex is the primary focus of our whole culture. It is, period. How do you know that, George? Well, all you gotta do is just watch some old TV shows and then look at what we're watching today. What do you mean, George? Well, how many of you remember the Dick Van Dyke show? Now, when I was a kid, I liked to watch Dick Van Dyke. I never understood why they slept in separate beds, but that's okay, great. But you know why they slept in separate beds on the show, even though that's pretty unrealistic? The censors from TV back in the 50s and the 60s thought it was too extreme to show a man and wife in one bed, so they slept in separate beds. Today, well, we don't even talk about today, will we? Because what's going on? We live in a sensual culture. Now, here's the problem with that. Because we're continually bombarded, continually bombarded, continually having a message thrown at us, thrown at us, thrown at us, continually being confronted with the sensual culture, you and I become desensitized to it. It's not a big an issue to us. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not a big because the more you expose yourself to it, you deaden your senses to it, to the reality that it doesn't exist, that it's not there. That it's not there. But it is there. And it affects us. So here's what happens. This is where we come to verse 27, because this is what the Pharisees did. Because I'll be honest with you, their culture, even though it was Jewish, they were in a Roman culture. The Roman culture had the reality of a sensual society. But look at what Jesus comes along in verse 27. He says, he's, he's quoting the Pharisees, because this is one of the issues that they would quote. He says, you've heard it said of old, you shall not commit adultery. What's going on here? Well, folks, I'm going to be honest with you. What's going on here is an issue that we struggle with today, and that's this. We judge ourselves based on outward actions. That's where we're at today. And, and even though we look at a sensual culture, we think we can be okay simply because we're not committing adultery. We're not engaging in sexual immorality. Yes, we exist in it, but as long as my outward actions aren't involved in it, I'm okay. That's what we think, isn't it? We judge ourselves based on our outward actions. 
But see, here's reality. Jesus comes along in verse 28, and he introduces reality. He introduces reality. Look with me at verse 28. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. What's going on here? The first thing I want you to see here is this. The intent of God's law is to expose the heart. The intent of God's law, first of all, folks, is to expose your heart. The commandment not to commit adultery is to, is to go further than just simply your actions. It's to look at your heart because the reality is, is that you may not engage in the physical activity, but you might engage in it in your heart. That's what Jesus is saying here. You engage in it in your heart. And here's reality. So two main things I'm going to bring out of this passage to you here. And here's what it is. Unrestrained lust is just as bad as adultery. Unrestrained lust is just as bad as adultery. What, what do you mean by that, George? Well, you know, I, I, you know here's the thing. I, and, and this is not just an issue. Can I be honest with you? Oh, this is a guy issue you're talking about today, George. So I'm going to sit back and let you talk to the guys. No, no. Lust is not an issue that just affects guys. Lust affects women as well. And in our sensual society now, where everybody's being bombarded, this is an issue that affects everybody, male and female. And so Jesus comes along and says, I say to you that if you look at a woman in your heart with lust, you've committed already adultery with her. What's the point there? He's saying unrestrained lust in your life is just as bad as you doing the physical act of adultery. Do you understand what I'm saying? And for many... That's like a new thing. You never thought of that before. What do you mean? Well, you don't believe how many times I've heard this from Christian men. This is from Christian men who should know better, who should be reading their Bibles. It's okay to look. Looking never hurt anybody. First of all, that's, that's a stupid statement. Because number one, is Jesus saying it's okay? No, 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 it's not okay. And does it hurt? You better believe it, it does. If you're married, you, you, you maybe need to ask your spouse what she thinks. See, here's the thing. Unrestrained lust is just as bad as adultery. Period. It's a heart issue. But it goes one step further. You say, well, George, what, you mean like I'm just going to walk around like all day with my head looking down? What's going on there? How's it doing, Bill? I'm doing fine. And you're bumping into walls all the time. He's not saying that. He's not saying that you can't go around looking, being normal. But what's he talking about? Here's my next point. Purposeful looking for the sake of lust is sin. How do you get that, George? Look with me at the passage. Look at verse 28. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust, you can't go in this world without looking at people, male or female. But the thing is, is that if you are purposeful in your look, that you are specifically looking at women to lust, that's sin. That is just flat out wrong. That's sin. Now you're just like, wow, we're doomed. I mean, yeah, it sounds funny, but I mean, the reality is, is think about it, because we live in a culture that is so saturated with it. And nothing is not affected by it. 
and, and it's like you want to buy a new vacuum cleaner. And the model holding it is what? Overtly sensual. It's like Miss America selling you a vacuum cleaner. Have you noticed they don't have normal people selling you a vacuum cleaner? Because the issue isn't the vacuum cleaner. It's the product, and they want to attract you to, to the issue. Because they're appealing to your what, folks? They're appealing to your lusts. You say, you're talking like a guy. Well, I'm a guy, okay? But for gals, it's the same thing. Because we all struggle with it. Men, especially because we're sight-oriented. But the reality is, is it affects every one of us. And so you look at this and you say to yourself, man, it's easy, it's easy to say, I'm not going to do the action and, and to set up boundaries to not do the action. But Jesus cuts right through it and says, it's not an action issue, it's a what? Heart issue. So what do we do about that? How do we, how do we handle that? How do we, how do we cope with that? How do we, how do we come to a place of being able to deal with that issue? How do we do that, George? Well, look at what he says. Here's the two verses that just sound radical to our eyes. And I'm going to help you to understand what he's saying here. Look with me. Verse 29. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you than one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Again, you're saying to me, George, that just sounds radical. Well, I'm going to explain to you what's going on here. Jesus is making an argument from the extreme. Jesus is making an argument from the extreme. What do you mean by that, George? Well, when you make an argument from the extreme, you're, you're, you're making a premise that something needs to happen from what sounds completely radical. Because have you noticed the most devout believers throughout the centuries have not gone around plucking out their eyes or slicing off their hands? But he's trying to make an argument from the extreme to give you a principle about what needs to take place. And I'll be honest with you folks, really what he's talking about here is not just with the issue of lust. It could be any other issue in your life that you're enslaved to. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you look at what he's telling you here, it could be any other issue that you have allowed your body to become a slave to. Here he's specifically talking about the issue of lust. So what is it? What is this radical action that I need to do here, George? Well, what we're going to see is that there are three things here. First thing is just a general statement. When it comes to lust, Jesus calls us to radical action. When it comes to lust, he calls us to radical action. What what, what do you mean by that, George? Well, let's let's just be honest. When it comes to lust, you need to just recognize you got to deal with it. You can't let it have rain in your life. You can't keep feeding it. you got to do something about it. Did you understand what I'm saying? You've got to make the effort. You've got to take some radical steps in your life to deal with it. Why? Because you're in a culture that's going to continually bombard you to feed you with this issue. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you can't just stay at home locked up in a room with no devices. And somebody pushes a plate of food under your door. So when it comes to this issue, Jesus is saying you've got to take some radical action. 
you got to take radical action here, folks. What's he telling us to do here? Here, here it is. I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. Notice what he says. You have to choose to take action. You have to choose. Look at what it says there. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. What's he talking about there? You got to make the choice to do something about it. If you're struggling in the area of lust, whether you're male or female here, you've got to make a decision about it, folks. You and I have to make a decision. Are we going to continue to go down this path that's destroying us? Or are we going to make a decision about it? Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you going to make a choice? And and here he's expressing the radical choice being to pluck out your eye or to cut off your hand. I'm not calling you to do that, but maybe you need to do something else. But you got to make the choice. For some, maybe you need to get rid of the cable. Oh, there you go, George. I mean, isn't that what churches talk about? Churches, churches are always talking about TV. No, I'm not talking about TV. I'm talking about what you're watching and feeding your mind with. Did you understand what I'm saying? Maybe you need to. Are you ready for this? Go to a clam phone because the smartphone you have isn't helping you. Wow. You mean I got to dig that out of the shoebox in the attic? Maybe. See, you've got to make the choice. Are you going to allow this issue that's affecting your heart to continue to fester and to destroy you? Or are you going to do something about it? We're talking radical here, folks. Going back to the clam phone. That's radical, George. Yeah, it is. See, he calls us to radical action. Now, you've got to make the decision to do it. See, it's got to start there. I can't make it for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't make it for you. You've got to make that decision. But he says one more thing here. I'm going to read it to you. He says it in both instances. One talking about the eye, the other talking about the hand. And then I'm going to tell you what Jesus is saying here. Look with me, verse 29. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. If, 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 you, if you have your own Bibles and you don't mind writing it, I want, why don't you underline that, okay? Because that's really where you need to put your focus at here. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than your whole body to be cast into hell. What's he talking about members there, George? Well, he's, he's really talking about body parts. And he's talking about that that... It's, it's very profitable that you eliminate one of your body parts, then your whole body be cast into hell. What's he saying here? Here's the premise. Here's the point. Your eternal soul is worth the inconvenience. Your eternal soul is worth the inconvenience. What do you mean by that, George? What, what do you mean by that? Well, look, if you're going to deal with the issue of lust in your life, you're going to have to eliminate some things from your life. You're going to have to eliminate some things. So for some of you, maybe it means that if you're going to have a smartphone, you need to have some sort of filtering software on there. What are you talking about, George? Filtering software. Well, it's, it's like net nanny or something like that 
to keep you from going to places that feed your lust? Maybe you need to have that. And, and I've heard people who've had it before, and I say, yeah, I know I need that, George, but it slows everything down. Or, or I just want to, I just want to go find out how to build a TP, and, and it blocks me. Okay, yeah, so it's going to restrain your freedom a little bit, but you got to ask yourself a question. What's worth more? Your soul? Or the convenience of being able to surf wherever you want to surf? Because the fact of the matter is, is if you've got an issue in that area, you got to deal with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? you got to do something radical, and sometimes it is going to be inconvenient, and sometimes we maybe need to suffer inconvenience for the sake of our souls. What do you mean souls, George? I mean, I'm saved. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, you're not talking about me going to hell. No, but I'm talking about you destroying your life, though. You can be saved and still destroy your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? And not just destroy your life, destroy others around you. See, Jesus is calling us to something radical here. He's calling us, he's saying, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery, but I say to you, it's a hard issue. And here's what you need to do about it. You need to do something radical about it. Even if it's inconvenient, because that inconvenience is okay when you're talking about your soul. Did you understand what I'm saying? See, but here's the problem. Here's, here's the problem, folks, and I know because I'm part of the culture too. I'm, I'm just like you. We, we look at that and say, you know what? Surely, George, there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be an easier way. There's gotta be a way that we could just deal with this and continue to exist here and, and not be inconvenienced, folks. No. The reality is this. If you open your life up to a new reality, whether it's the issue of lust or some other issue, when you open your body up to a new reality, sometimes it's hard to close the door again. So it's, some, it's going to require of you to do some things different. Did you understand what I'm saying? That's what Jesus is talking about here. It's a hard issue. And we got to do something about it. So you say, okay, George, what do we do with this? How do we take this passage and what do we do with this? Well, let me give you a couple thoughts here, a couple questions, and then I'm going to give you an action point. Number one, this is for everybody here. Me, you, male, female. Are you feeding the lust? you got to ask yourself that question. Are you feeding the lust? I mean, that's a serious question, isn't it? Are you feeding the lust in your life? And it's, it's simple. It's, it's really simple. What, what are you watching? What are you intaking through all of your senses? Because the more you expose yourself to it, if you aren't doing something radical to, to guard those things in your life, it's just going to feed the lust, especially if you've opened yourself up to the reality of that in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Especially if you've opened yourself up to the reality of that. Are you feeding the lusts? 
Now, I know sometimes with the, with the society that we live in, you can't avoid it. Do you understand what I'm saying? With the culture that we live in, you can't avoid it. It's on the news. It, it's, it's everywhere. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's everywhere. Yes. But most of the time, you are in control. Most of the time, you can do something about it. So you got to ask yourself the question, are you feeding the lust? Are you feeding the lust? Here's the second question that you need to ask yourself. Are you making excuses for your lack of action? The first one's easy. This one's a harder question, isn't it? The reality is, is you got to ask yourself point blank, I know i got to do something about this, but why do I keep making excuses? I mean, think about it. I mean, think about it. I mean, you know you've got an issue, and, and if you've got an online porno problem, you better do something about it because it's going to destroy you. And here's the reality. You need to say to yourself, well, it's either destroy my life or, or the computer works slower. Which is more effective? Which will benefit me more? A slower computer or a destroyed life? It's that plain. Did you understand what I'm saying? The, the reality is, is you've got to ask yourself some hard questions and you've got to say to yourself, what excuses am I making? Yeah, it's inconvenient. Folks, your life is more important than unfettered access to the Internet. Your life is more important than a billboard. Your life is more important than a movie. You could choose to go to that movie. There are sites that will tell you whether or not you should go to some movies. Well, you're just being a legalist, George. No, I'm not being a legalist. You're the one who's got to make the choice. You're the one who's got to decide what you're filtering into your mind. And some people can handle it, but a lot of people can't. And maybe you're one of them that can't. So what excuses are you making? Because they'll be honest with you folks, unrestrained lust is just as bad as the action. So what do we do about it, George? Here's what we got to pray. Here's what you need to be on before the Lord asking him to do. Ask the Spirit to help you to purify your mind and your heart. Ask the Spirit to purify your mind and your heart. Well, how does he do that, George? Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, folks. I'll just be flat out bold with you. If you've got an unrestrained lust problem in your life, I can already guarantee that there is one thing that you are not doing. What's that? You're not reading the Bible regularly. David says this, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. How shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to your word. Both of those verses are in Psalm 119. See, if, if you really want to know where to read, just, just start with the first five chapters of the book of Proverbs. You come to Solomon who says, I looked and I saw a foolish one. And he went by her house. And he talks about the death of that. About unrestrained lust and what it does to you. See, do you, you understand what I'm saying? You, you, you really need to ask the Spirit to help you to purify your mind. And it's got to go to justice. You've got to prayerfully put it into action. God, show me today how to clean my mind, how to clean up my life. You do it, Lord. You do the work in my life because it's getting control of me, Lord. Help me to live with the inconvenience. We're not into inconvenience anymore, are we? But you know what 
if you've got to think of it in terms of what's more beneficial to you and I, it's what? Being inconvenienced. So ask God to help you to purify your hearts and your mind. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.